Welcome to Confetti Body Podcasts, where we highlight topics on all things body. I am your co-host, Kyle, along with my other co-hosts. Nicole, Michelle, Jamie, Emily. I'd like to thank Jamie for coming in today to co-host with us today. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Welcome. And welcome to all of you guys and our listeners. And today we are focusing on LGBTQ plus in regards to change, sexuality, and the sliding scale. Ooh. Yes. So, being healthy is sexy. I agree. And on this podcast, we talk a little bit about confetti and a lot about body. And today, we are going to talk about sexual health and specifically sexuality. We'll be introducing an evolving language of the LGBTQTIA plus and scaling of the sexuality. So first I want to identify what LGBTQTIA plus. <laughs> that uh, is a B- tongue twister. BLT <laughs> stands for today. I know, I know it's an abbreviation that may not mean much to you, but there is a growing history behind this acronym. And I'll teach you about it. The language used to talk about LGBTQTIA issues is constantly evolving and being a part of this community that is based on sexual identity, it does not mean you as an individual are defined by it. From my personal experiences, it just means you have a whole group of others who have your back in learning how to advocate for inclusivity and, and to help change the dynamics in order to fight for equal rights for all, no matter who you choose to love. Yeah, I think this is this is definitely I don't know why, but sexuality is always such a it's such a taboo subject. And um, I, it is important that we talk about it and people it's you know, it, and it's not something that people necessarily have to feel comfortable discussing. So I'm not saying because I would say I'm not really I mean, I prefer men, but you know, you never know. You <laughs> I never don't know, know. That future seems pretty, pretty questionable. <laughs> See, my issue with this is I prefer men, but also I feel like girls would just be so much easier. I tried it out in college, and I I went for it. I wanted to know. Um, I grew up in open love, love is love, so I've always had questions, and I've always wanted to have an open mind and try things. And me, it's more of a learn and discover, not only in relationships but other aspects of my life. So when I was of age and I started dating, um, I decided to try and see if that was something I'd be interested in, if that was more... Um, my taste, I guess you would say. And I've come to realize I do appreciate women and what they have to offer, but I do prefer men more. I think love and relationships are all very fluid and you can't contain it, if that makes sense. We'll be right back after we hear from Confetti Force. Do you have any chronic conditions? Would you like help monitoring them? Don't have a solid primary care physician? Remote health monitoring through Confetti Force might be for you. Confetti Force allows you to answer daily questions and input vitals every day to keep track of your health. If something is out of range, a care coordinator will call you and check on you. If you're concerned, you can be connected with one of our doctors to discuss possible solutions. If you need a prescription, it can be ordered there too. Confetti Force, manage your health before your health manages you. Let's start with the history of the acronym LGBTQTIA+. 
According to American Psychiatric Association, it was not until 1973 that the term homosexuality was removed as an illness classification in its diagnostic manual. And throughout the 1950s and 60s, gay men and lesbians continued to be at risk for psychiatric lockup as well as jail, losing jobs and or child custody when courts and clinics defined gay love as sick, criminal, and or immoral. It's crazy that honestly people still think of it like that. They like, really do. I mean, it's not like a legal thing, obviously, but like I've, I've met like older people who still believe it's like a sickness. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Luckily, not just a sickness, but you're going to a very, very, very scary place. Right. That's that terrifies me. Yeah. Things have changed a lot since then, but as you already know, the fight for equality continues. So what does LGBTQIA plus stand for? Uh, let's go over it. So L is obviously for lesbian, referring to women who are sexually slash emotionally attracted to women. G stands for gay, referring to men who are sexually or emotionally attracted to men. This is where I fall on the sexuality spectrum, by the way. Uh, we'll talk about the um, the scale that we're going to go over later. and um, So stay tuned to the end of the episode. Uh, B is for bisexual, referring to an individual who are sexually slash emotionally attracted to more than one gender. Q for queer and or questioning. Often an umbrella term to refer to anyone who is not straight and not cisgender, meaning those who gender whose gender identity and expression matches the sex they were assigned at birth. So if you hear cisgender or cis man, cis woman, that's what they, uh, their expression matches what they were assigned at birth. Uh, T is for transgender, referring to someone whose gender identity or expression does not conform to what is expected based on the sex they were assigned at birth. Outright Action International defines gender expression as the behavior, mannerisms, interests, and appearance a person uses to express their gender in a particular cultural context. Transgender individuals may have different sexual orientations, identifying as straight, while others might identify as LGB, etc. So if a transgender person identifies as straight, is that before or after? I'm assuming if it's transgender, it would be after, but... It really just depends on the person, I think. Okay, that, that's a good question. I, I, I wanna ask our audience, if you're listening in, if you are someone who is transgender, would you consider yourself straight? And if you do consider yourself straight, is that, you know, what point is that classified as straight to, you know, to kind of tag onto that? Is that, you know, pre-surgery, after surgery? Um, I'm, I'm just curious. That's what, interesting. Yeah. Because I know that, you know, what you would your say. mind goes through a lot when you go through those the process of right. actually changing, but you know, that'd be a good, good question to ask yeah. and answer. So please, please chime in a for asexual referred as an umbrella term for individuals who do not experience or experience lower levels of sexual desire also can stand for ally individuals who identify as cisgender and or straight who believe in social and legal equality for all in this growing community. Um, I is for intersex, referring to individuals who naturally have biological traits which do not match what is typically identified as male or female. For example, some intersex people have 
two X's, one Y chromosomes. Some have ambiguous genitalia or internal sex organs. Some persons even have internal sex organs or hormones released during puberty, which don't actually match their genitalia. Being intersex is not linked to any specific sexual orientation or gender identity, and it's biological and naturally occurring variation in the human confetti body. That's interesting. So when I I was younger, <clears throat> excuse me, we knew that as something called a hermaphrodite. So is that the new correct term? Is hermaphrodite considered to be inappropriate? I mean, we could look it up. I, I, I don't know. Possibly, yeah. I think that that could be what the language has evolved into. Yeah, just just kind of evolved now. into intersex. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, because sometimes I mean, they can even get it if back. It's not intersex. Sounds a lot better. Mm-hmm. Intersex sounds yeah. better than hermaphrodite. Yes. Yeah, yeah I was gonna sure. say it does kind of have a, it, it, hermaphrodite does have a it bad connotation dated. to it. Google. It sounds yeah. dated. Yeah. What does Google say, Emily? Google says, while many animal species are known as to be hermaphrodite hermaphroditic for humans the term hermaphrodite is no longer considered polite or politically correct it doesn't even sound polite or politically correct. <laughs> it just sounds like an insult well we have intersex now so. intersex like good so we uh we add a plus to the acronym as an acknowledgement that there are non-cisgender and non-straight identities which are not included in the acronym this is a shorthand or umbrella term for all people who have a non-normative gender identity or sexual orientation. For example, non-binary and gender queer and gender non-conforming identities. And so let's just add on a few more letters, why don't we? Oh, we can pick our own. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to, I'm not going to stop you. He shut See, you down. He said no. No, 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 no. no. You absolutely can. Well, but I was going to say, I can come up with some, af- with some new letters but for sexuality. Inclusivity is always good. So... Let's go over two more. So P is for pansexual, referring to someone who is sexually, romantically, or emotionally attracted to others regardless of their sex or gender identity. Then we have the D is for demisexual, referring to someone who can only experience sexual attraction after an emotional bond has been formed. And while I don't always fall under this category, I increasingly do see that I somewhat relate to that one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, But to be honest, the most important thing to remember about these seven plus letters is its history of pressure on the LGBTQIA community. So let's give a little bit of a backstory. Um, New York Times, Suyin Haynes wrote that the fight for women's rights is as old as the modern fight for LGBTQ rights. And perhaps no moment illustrates that as well as the movement's most famous Turning Point, the 1969 Stonewall Riots. This was an uprising sparked by a police raid at a gay bar in New York City's Greenwich Village neighborhood and the milestone to which Pride Month is pegged. It's categorized from the 1950s and 1960s, the most homophobic period in American history, says historian Hugh Ryan, author of When Brooklyn Was Queer, A History. Ryan says... For me, Stonewall was an explosion. It's the release of pressure from a valve, but what matters is the pressure. Notably, Suyin Haynes describes that the pressure stands as the explosion was spearheaded by LGBTQ black women and women of color like Marsha P. Johnson, Sylvia Rivera, Miss Major Griffin Gracie, and Stormé Delavari, 
whose contributions have been overlooked in the past. I, I don't know if you guys ever watch um, RuPaul's Drag Race, mm-hmm. but they do speak out about that a lot, how um, black women and um, black men are really the front runners mm-hmm. of really changing and altering the gay community. Absolutely. Um, but to our listeners, I encourage you to learn more about the history of this growing community. You can read more about this at www.lgbtqhistory.org. All right. So uh, let's talk about where sexuality lands on individuals. Yes, even you. <laughs> sexuality is a sliding scale. But with tests like the Klein Grid, you can figure out where you land, if that sort of thing is of interest to you anyway. Hang on, why didn't we take this test beforehand? Well, I didn't know if you would be comfortable taking the test. (laughs) We should definitely take it. But I'll I'll go over the test with you so you can take it. Okay. Um, First, it's never great to assume anything about another person. Generalizations and stereotyping is so disrespectful and almost never a constructive conversation. And to be honest, so out of style. But the shoe fits me, and yes, I feel pretty darn gay. And I assumed as much about myself that I'm a six out of six on the Klein Grid scale, but how does the test work, and how did I fare? Don't you worry, because I took the test, and after I explain how the test works, I'll share with you the sexuality results based on my answers. The Klein Sexual Orientation Grid was developed in 1978 by Fritz Klein, featuring seven variables and three situations caught in time, the past, the present, and the ideal. This is a system for describing a person's sexual orientation in a way that is more detailed and informative than previous methods. Uh, It captures more nuance and complexity than the familiar one-dimensional Kinsey scale. You might have heard of that one. Uh, Please note that the Klein grid is not a diagnostic tool intended to test and reveal a person's sexual orientation. Instead, It is a learning tool to help people better understand the nuance and complexity that make up everyone's sexuality. The Klein Sexual Orientation Grid asks a series of questions based on the following topics. Sexual attraction, sexual behavior, sexual fantasies, emotional preference, social preference, lifestyle, and identity. So I have a question for you before you keep going. Sure. If someone takes this test and... I have a feeling someone out there is going to take this test and be completely shocked. There they are. They're I was shocked. shocked. You were shocked? Disclaimer, sh- it's not our fault. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. And I'm glad you added in that comment that you said about how it, it, it doesn't, you know, it's not going to define who you are. It's just saying, because I know one time, um, I think you and uh, Kyle and I, you were talking about sexuality and I do prefer men but one thing that I've noticed is like when you watch um and and if this is uncomfortable for anyone I'm I I I apologize but if you watch certain explicit videos material yeah material (laughs) sometimes what gets you involved is seeing the romance behind it and Mm -hmm. that's how I am as I like to see the romance I want to see them fall in love Mm -hmm. and sometimes you find that more so with women you see the women wanting to fall in love with each other in certain content whereas men it's like they just want to yeah they just want to wham bam thank you ma'am and then they're out the door but when you see the women it's like oh they're truly in love (laughs) that's what i believe anyway but yes i do prefer men (laughs) i just want a man to be a woman to fall in love with me (laughs) well 
don't tune out just yet. I know. Do you want to give us all a minute to take the test? Um, Can you give us a pause? Let me explain the test first before you start the test. As you answer each question, you choose one of the following options under each categories of the past, present, and ideal. Different sex only, different sex mostly, different sex somewhat more, both sexes equally, same sex somewhat more, same sex mostly, and same sex only. So let's go over the questions, shall we? I'll spare you the details for your own sanity. So let's go over the questions, shall we? I'll spare you the details for your own sanity. To whom are you sexually attracted? Next, take a look at actual sexual behavior as opposed to sexual attraction. With whom do you have sexual relationships? Whether fantasies occur while daydreaming during me time, as part of our real lives or purely in our imagination, they provide insight. About whom do I have sexual fantasies? Any Brad Pitt fans out there? I am. But Absolutely. I'm like I'm like pre like 1994 Brad Pitt fan. Absolutely. Yeah, anything after 1994, no thank you. <laughs> I wasn't even alive. I w- <laughs> Me either. I was four. <laughs> I'm absolutely team Chris Hemsworth. Oh, you Ooh. are? Okay. Hands down, no question. Sexuality extends far beyond physical intimacy. Our emotional connections are an important part to With whom do you prefer to establish strong emotional bonds? Although similar to emotional preference, social preference is often different. For example, your closest emotional relationships may all be with women, but you spend most of your social life with men. Where are you on the scale? Hmm. Some straight people prefer to spend the majority of their free time in LGBTQ circles. On the other hand, LGBTQ people may prefer to live exclusively around other queer people in predominantly straight heteronormative areas or a mixture of both in what kinds of environments do you choose to live work and play where do you feel most comfortable i would say it depends because i I don't know like i've noticed like with women either we have a bunch of women friends or we're like i would say more like michelle and i we're we have mostly male friends. Yeah. I don't. I don't like a lot of female friends. I don't even like girls at all. I'm sorry, all of you women in the room. <laughs> I don't have a lot of girlfriends. Sorry, guys. I have so many girlfriends. I it's know. Unfair. I know. I, I, but <laughs> but the straight guys that I'm friends with, I'm best friends with, and really? there's very few of them. But I'm best yeah. friends with them, and they're amazing. I think it's changed over as I've gotten older too. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about you. When I was younger, I grew up with my older brother, so I had mostly mm. men friends. But now as I've become an adult, ah. my relationship with women has changed. And, yeah. yeah. So I have a lot of girlfriends. I, I was going to say, like, Kyle and I were talking about this the other night, but I feel as if, you know, men get get a lot of grief for not listening but i would say women are worse at listening when when yeah. you're talking about yourself women just tune they you really, out they make really it about do. them oh my exactly. god oh. it is all about them and so every guy friend i've had they're actually very good yeah listeners. i was supposed to say that all of my guy friends are really good yeah. listeners, and they're funner and they are <laughs> they're more entertaining they can take a joke you can make fun of them stuff. yes they don't get all upset yeah. when you poke fun of them. i think it goes to like your friendship style too because right. like yeah. i have like few like really close Speak friends for the women emily let's go oh, i'm just saying <laughs> yeah me maybe it goes back to my myers-briggs you, you can check out the first episode to to find that out but so um growing up were you aware when someone was lgbt and if yes how did you know i'll start with jamie um i want to say yes um 
mainly because I grew up with older family members who were part of the LGBT. I don't know. I've never thought any different. So it was pretty normal just growing up with it. And when other people at school hinted at it or were curious as growing up, it was just something I was aware of. I don't know if that makes sense. Like you, you could sense something was different or Um, is it just like, like your family was really open about it. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Emily? Well, um, it's actually kind of opposite for me. So I was the oldest growing up and I grew up in very like conservative Christian household and, uh, we were kind of made like aware of it, but it was never something really talked about. And, um, I mean, so I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. So in the South, it's not really something prominent, I guess, when I was growing up in my community. Mm-hmm. So even people at school weren't really open about it until like high school is when you kind of started seeing people like actually like talking about it, you mm-hmm. know, um, before then it was kind of like, no one really even thought of it or mm-hmm. like expressed it mm-hmm. um, anyway. So interesting. Um, did you know when they were children or when they were older? For me, it was older. Older? For me, it was pretty much older, too. Like, you can see definitely, um, like, there's a couple kids, if I look back now, growing up, you could tell those differences just by how they dressed, how they, um presented themselves and how they wanted to be seen. But as a child, you don't necessarily pick up on those things as much as somebody that's older and out and they express it and show you what they're doing and go. I just wanted to remind you guys to stay tuned to the end of this episode to see my results on the Klein Grid sexuality test. Did you know that your doctor could be monitoring your health between office visits, especially during COVID? With my remote checkup from Health Wealth Safe, you can input your health data from anywhere and your doctor will see it before issues become acute and send you to the hospital. Ask your physician today if you're eligible to use My Remote Checkup from Health Wealth Safe. And check out the website at MyRemoteCheckup.com for the latest COVID vaccine updates. My Remote Checkup, the doctor is in your hand. Um, the last question was how we see ourselves and want to be seen by others is an important variable since our concept of self strongly affects our thoughts and actions. A person's present and past identity may differ significantly from their future ideal. Without using labels for orientation or gender, how do you conceptualize your sexuality? Huh. You mean, okay, so without using labels for orientation or gender, how would we, that's interesting. I would just say I'll wake up the next morning and know. (laughs) You just know. Yeah, you You just know. Yeah. (laughs) And finally, drum roll, please. Yeah. (laughs) The big reveal. I am mostly gay. Just mostly. Okay, I'll take it. And you heard it here first. That was for your past, present, and future? Mostly gay. If, oh, and yeah, wow. That okay. was what All I got. All three. So uh, I'm confused. Because... So you have a good chance, a high chance of being gay in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And you're okay with that one. I'm so okay All right. <laughs> I'm confused about my results because it says the past was heterosexual leaning, but I would say in my past I was definitely completely heterosexual. Well. But, I mean... I guess not. <laughs> Let's see. Messages. And honestly, okay, so mine says past heterosexual leaning. Right now, mostly heterosexual. In the future, heterosexual leaning. I would say right now I'm more 
non-heterosexual than at any point in time in my life. So I feel like this thing's got this mixed up. Interesting. Well, (laughs) you took the test right, right? (laughs) I did, yes. After taking the test, um, the Klein-Grid test, uh, does the result matter to you, Emily? Um, I mean, not really. My result, I think, was pretty expected for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Yeah. Do you think that your result matters or not your result, but the result of this kind of a test? Do you think it results? Do you think the results matter to society? Um, I mean, I don't think any test can tell you what you are, you know, like you can be you, whatever you want to do. So, I mean, not any test is perfect. Right. I feel that. Um. It's like Michelle when she said it was mostly she's mostly into men. It doesn't mean she's going to run out and grab a woman um, and it doesn't change who she is. So I was just wondering, so does the test really matter? Like when you find out who you are, but maybe there's certain nuances about your, you know, sexuality that you might have not thought about. Does it bring up those, you know, those moments where maybe I you know, maybe there's something about me that I don't know. I think a test can maybe like broaden your mind, think about stuff you wouldn't normally think about. But I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think it's the end all be all. Yeah, it'll ultimately give you that window of opportunity to see what other areas may lie and may what you may like and all that. But it shouldn't be this is a test and this is hearsay mm-hmm. and you have to follow those guidelines. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in taking this uh, test, you can find more on buy.org. Thank you for listening to Confetti Body Podcast. If you like today's show or want to check out some more of our content, go visit our Twitter at Confetti Body or Instagram at Confetti Body Podcast. Mm-hmm.